Okay, Tesla, already the world's most valuable automaker. Well, they've just joined a very exclusive club, the Trillionaire Club. That's right, Elon Musk Motor Company saw its stock close at an all-time high at the end of business on Monday. And for more on this, here's our friend Kenneth Bocour, host of the EV Revolution Show on YouTube, joins us now here on Global News Radio. Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm well, and hope you are as well. Uh, what is driving this uh, latest surge for Tesla? All kinds of good news from them. They had record quarter earnings again. They just closed a big deal with Hertz Rent-A-Car. So a lot of confidence in Tesla as a motor manufacturer. You mentioned that they've hit the $1 trillion market cap. And what that means is that when you add up their share value through with the number of outstanding shares, it's equal to over a trillion dollars. And they're the first U.S. automaker to actually do that, make, making them the most valuable automaker. And uh, they even are higher than GM, Toyota, Ford, VW, and BMW, and a bunch of others combined. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no kidding. Combined is really uh, eye-popping when you mention all of those uh, well-established uh, brand names. So is Tesla and their business plan, and who knows what that was really, other than those that were there, Elon Musk, I guess, inside the boardroom, but... Are they ahead of schedule, do you think, here? Are they, are they further ahead as a motor company than they thought they would be at this point? I would suspect yes. On one of the, the last calls, even their CFO had mentioned, made some comments, uh, something like to the fact that they were surprised of the, of the demand, of the backlog that they have. So I don't think that they expected that high of a demand for the vehicles, but it's a good problem for them to have as they continue to ramp up their manufacturing facilities. Uh, both in California and, of course, the Berlin and, and, and Germany. Um, they've got the, the Shanghai plant rolling along in China. Uh, Austin will be uh, starting to pump out vehicles uh, next year as well as Berlin. So they'll add a lot more manufacturing capacity to serve those different markets as well, where they're seeing a lot of growth. Let's talk a bit more about this deal with Hertz that was just announced and just signed between Hertz Rent-A-Car and Tesla. Hertz will uh, purchase some 100,000 uh, cars uh, from Tesla. And this comes at a, a key point uh, in Hertz's history, uh, if you will. They filed for a Chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy uh, early on in the pandemic. Yeah, all the car rental companies, of course, got hit hard because nobody was traveling, nobody was using services. So seemed, things seem to be bouncing back, though, in a hurry. And, and it's a really great move, I think, for Hertz to jump on that bandwagon and to really push forward electrification. Again, primarily because it doesn't really cost them much for maintenance and the, the, the lower cost of ownership, even if they only keep the cars for a few years. But they'll most likely be able to keep these longer in the rental fleet than we see traditional uh, rental places where they turn them over every two, three years. So 100,000 vehicles, big deal, you know, a few billion dollars into Tesla's pockets when it's all said and done. And uh, they're going to deploy these vehicles in all the major centers in the U.S. They're also going to charge, uh, install, excuse me, charging infrastructure to help support that. And by the way, do you think Tesla cut up a deal on 100,000 units? Nope. They're paying the same MSRP as everybody else. Like they bought it off the website like you and I. You got it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, this is a deal with the Hertz. Does it have some spinoff effects for Tesla as well? Because not only have they sold 100,000 cars, which is uh, great news uh, for them, obviously, but could they sell even more? Because I'm thinking, does this give uh, people the opportunity to experience Tesla and the EV, the electric vehicle that uh, otherwise maybe they wouldn't? You know, the next time they go on vacation or away on business and need a rental car, they might be exposed to Tesla for the first time and might find they really like it. 
That's exactly it, Jeff. You're becoming quite the EV expert yourself now. Yeah, getting you know, getting people's butts into EV seats is what it's all about. Part of what I do on my show and evangelization there is once you drive a vehicle in EV, especially an all electric vehicle, you get that old you know the instant torque, you get the the quietness, all the benefits there. Um, it'll really turn a lot of heads and it'll get a lot of eyeballs into those kind of vehicles that normally maybe wouldn't be looking at them in the first place. So, you know, if you're going on a business trip, let's say to Miami for a few days, hey, might as well rent electric cars. It's going to cost me next to nothing on fuel because it'll come, you know, probably 80 or 90 percent charge. I may not even use that much energy and I'll be able to experience a really nice vehicle and see how it is. So it's definitely going to add more awareness to not only the Tesla brand, but also the EV industry. And what is it about an EV when somebody gets behind the wheel for the first time? Uh, what have you seen? What's your experience uh, been from people that try out an EV? Is it what you mentioned a second ago, Kenneth? It's the torque, because that's what really got me the first time I was in an electric vehicle, the way you step on the gas and you just go. That's the, that's the first thing that impacts people's perceptions when they drive an all-electric vehicle, even if it's just something like a Nissan Leaf or a Chevy Bolt or something like that, which isn't a rocket ship by any stretch of the imagination, but they're still fast, even with a single motor. And that instant torque is what hits you. You get it right away. You get all that power. It's linear. It just keeps giving it to you until it maxes out. So that's the first experience. And then other experiences are the handling capabilities because of that low center of gravity where the battery pack is between the wheels and with that weight, and also um, the quietness of the vehicles. You hear more wind noise. You hear, you don't have to yell when people are in the car to talk on the highway and things like that. So it really is an ex experience that people need to see for themselves to make a better judgment. By the way, when I said step on the gas, is that inaccurate? I think it is probably for an EV, right? Step on the pedal that gives you all those electrons. I wanted to add as well, <laughs> when we were talking about Tesla, that their brand value, they, they moved from number 40 in the world to number 14 this year. And that's global brand. So that's any brand, like number one is Apple, number two is Amazon. That's a big deal for a company that's got probably what, 15 years or so under their belt to really becoming one of the big players, You know, uh, getting up near the Microsofts, the Googles, the Coca-Colas, all these kind of companies. It's pretty fantastic. Well, trillion dollar company, it's rare air to be sure. But what does that say about the other, other automakers, uh, Kenneth? And you and I have talked about this uh, previously and you just mentioned uh, so many well-established brand names combined. Tesla is, uh, you know, bigger than them, uh, selling more, more value than all of them. Are they so far in front when it comes to EVs that they're going to be pretty much impossible to catch? You know, I, I don't think so over time, Jeff. Uh, you know, Tesla is only going to be able to manufacture so many EVs. And of course, with roughly around 70, 70 million uh, light-duty vehicles sold every year globally, on average, you know, last year, this year, we'll probably finish around five or six million plug-in vehicles globally. So we got a long way to go to close that gap. And Tesla can't build, you know, 30, 40 million vehicles in the near future on their own. We're hoping they might get to eight to 10 million by the end of the decade from a, an annual production rate. They should hit about just close to a million this year. So we need the VWs, we need the GMs, we need the Fords and the Stellantises and everybody to be cranking these vehicles out. And if you look at the top two manufacturers for last year, it was VW 
BMW and Toyota with just under 10 million light duty vehicles each that they provided to the global market. So these companies are making great strides, especially VW. They started a few years ago and doing a lot, but it does take time to retool, to put those investments, set up supply chain and you know design and build vehicles. It takes about three to five years from when you put something on a piece of paper till it rolls off the factory floor to become reality. You bet. Kenneth, really appreciate the time and the insight as always. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. Kenneth Bocour is host of the EV Revolution Show on YouTube. And we'll take a break and we're back here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.